0: Rislav the Righteous Heroic Tales of Rislav Leric, ancient King of Skinrad. Like all true heroes, Rislav Leric had inauspicious beginnings. We are told by chroniclers that the springtide night, in the four hundred and forty eighth year of the first era on which he was born, was unseasonably cold, and that his mother, Queen Lineda, died very shortly after setting eyes upon her son. If he were much beloved of his father, King Morhaus of Skinrad, who already had plenty of heirs, three sons and four daughters before him, the chroniclers make no mention of it. His existence was so very undistinguished that we hear virtually nothing of him for the first 20 years of his life. His schooling, we can suppose, was similar to that of any spare prince in the Colovian West, with alien tutors to teach him the ways of hunting and battle. Etiquette, religious instruction, and even basic statecraft were seldom a part of the training of a prince of the highlands, as it was in the more civilized valley of Nibine. There is a brief reference to him, together with his family, as a part of the rolls of honor during the coronation of the Emperor Gorius on the 23rd of Sun's Dawn, 1st Era, 461. The ceremony, of course, held during the time of the Elysian Doctrines of Maruk, and so was without entertainment. But the 13-year-old Rislav was still witness to some of the greatest figures of legend. The Beast of Anequina, darlok Bray, represented his kingdom, giving honor to the Empire. The Chieftain of Skyrim, Kiorak the White, and his son Hoag were in attendance. And despite the Empire's intolerance of all elves, Chimer Indiril Nerevar and Dwemer Dumak Dwarf King were evidently there as well, diplomatically representing Resdane, all in relative peace. Also mentioned on the rolls was a young Murr in service to the imperial court of High Rock, who has to have a great history with Rislav, Riyane Direni. Whether the two young men of about the same age met and conversed is entirely the stuff of historians' fancy. Riyane is spoken of in praising words as a powerful landowner, eventually buying the island of Balfuria on Nialyak Bay, and gradually conquering all of High Rock and large parts of Hammerfell and Skyrim. But Ryslav is not heard of again in history's books for another 17 years. We can only offer supposition based on the facts that follow. Children of kings are, of course, married to the children of other kings to bind alliances. The kingdoms of Skingrad and Kvatch skirmished over common territory throughout the 5th century, until they reached a peace in the year 472. The details of this accord are not recorded, but since we know that Prince Ryslav was in the court of Kvatch six years later, as husband to Belén, the daughter of King Justinius, It is fair to make an educated guess that they were married then to make peace. This brings us to the year 478, when a great plague swept through all of Cyrodiil and seemed particularly concentrated in the independent Colovian West. Among the victims were King Morris and the rest of the entire royal family in Skingrad. Rizlav's only surviving elder brother, Dorald, survived, being in the imperial city as a priest of Maruk. He returned to his homeland to assume the throne. Of Dorald, we have some history. The king's second son... He was slightly simple-minded and evidently very pious. All the chroniclers spoke of his sweetness and decency, how he saw a vision in his early years that brought him, with his father's blessing, from Skingrad to the imperial city and the priesthood. The priesthood of Maruk, of course, saw no difference between spiritual and political matters. It was the religion of the Elysian Empire, and it taught that to resist the emperor was to resist the gods. Given that, it is scarcely a surprise what Doral did when he became king of the independent kingdom of Skingrad. His first edict, on his very first day, was to cede the kingdom to the empire. The reaction throughout the Colovian estates was shock and outrage, nowhere more so than in the court of Kvatch. Ryslav Lerik, as we are told, rode forth to his brother's kingdom, together with his wife and two dozen of his father-in-law's cavalry. It was surely not an impressive army, no matter how the chroniclers embellish it, but they had little trouble defeating all the guards Dorold sent to stop them. In truth, there was no actual battling, for the soldiers of Skingrad resented their new king's decision to give up their autonomy. The brothers faced one another in the castle courtyard where they had grown up. In typical Kolovian fashion, there was no trial, no accusations of treason, no jury, no judge, only an executioner. "'Thou art no brother of mine,' Rislav Lerik said, and struck Dorold's head from his shoulders with one blow. He was crowned king of Skingrad, still holding the same bloody axe in his arms.' If King Rislav had no battle experience beforehand, that was shortly to change. Word spread quickly to the imperial city that Skingrad, once offered, was now being taken back. Gorius was an accomplished warrior even before taking the throne, and the seventeen years he had as emperor were scarcely peaceful. Only eight months before Dorald's assassination and Rislav's ascendancy, Gorius and the Elysian army had faced another of his coronation guests, Curic the White, on the fields of the frozen north. The High Chieftain of Skyrim lost his life in the Battle of Sungard. While the Pact of Chieftains was selecting a new leader, Cyrodiil was busily grabbing back the land of southern Skyrim that it had lost. In short, Emperor Gorius knew how to deal with rebellious vassals. The Elysian army poured westward like a flood of death, to borrow the chronicler's phrase, in numbers far exceeding what would be required to conquer Skingrad. Gorius could not have thought actual battle was likely. Rislav, as we said, had little to no experience at warfare, and only a few days' practice at kingcraft. His kingdom, and all of the Colovian West, had just been ravished by plague. The Elysians anticipated a mere show of arms and a surrender. Ryslav instead prepared for battle. He quickly inspected his troops and drew up plans. The chroniclers, who had heretofore ignored the life of Ryslav, now devote verse after verse describing the king's aspect with fetishistic delight. While it may lack literary merit and taste, we are at least given some details at last. Not surprisingly, the king wore the finest armor of his era, as the Clovian estates then had the finest leathersmiths, the only type of armor available in all of Tamriel. The king's Clibanian mail, boiled and waxed for hardness, and studded with inch-long spikes, was a rich chestnut red, and he wore it over his black tunic, but under his black cloak. The statue of Rislav the Righteous, which now stands in Skingrad, is a romanticized version of the king, but not inaccurate except in the armor represented. No bard of the clovian West would have gone to the markets so lightly protected. But it does, as we will see, include the most important accoutrements of Rislav, his trained hawk, and his fast horse. The winter rains had washed through the roads to the south, sending much of the west-wheeled spilling into Valenwood. The emperor took the northern route, and King Rislav, with a small patrol of guards, met him at a low pass on what is now the Gold Road. The emperor's army, it is said, was so large that the beast of Anequina could hear its march from hundreds of miles away, and despite himself, the chroniclers say, he quaked in fear. Rislav, it was said, did not quake. With perfect politeness, he told the emperor that his party was too large to be accommodated in the tiny kingdom of Skingrad. Next time, Rislav said, write before you come. The emperor was, like most Elysian emperors, not a man of great humor, and he thought Rislav was touched by Sheagorath. He ordered his personal guards to arrest the poor madman, but at that moment, the king of Skingrad raised his arms and sent his hawk flying into the sky. It was a signal his army had been waiting for. The Elysians were all within the pass and the range of their arrows. King Rislav and his guard began riding westward, as fast as if they had been kissed by wild Kinereth, as the chronicler said. He did not dare to look behind him, but his plan went faultlessly. The far eastern end of the pass was sealed by rolling boulders, giving the Elysian no direction to go but westward. The Skingrad archers rained arrows down upon the imperial army from far above on the plateaus, remaining safe from reprisal. The furious Emperor Gorius chased Rislav from the Weald to the Highlands, leaving Skingrad far behind, all the while his army growing steadily smaller and smaller. In the ancient Highland Forest, the Imperial army met the army of Rislav's father-in-law, the King of Kvatch. The Elysian army likely still outnumbered their opponents, but they were exhausted and the morale had been obliterated by the chase amid a sea of arrows. After an hour's battle, they retreated north into what is now the Imperial Reserve, and from there, further north and east, to slip back to nurse their wounds and pride in Nibinay. It was the beginning of the end of the Elysian hegemony. The kings of the Colovian West joined with Kvatch and Skingrad to resist Imperial incursions. The clan Direni, under Riyane, was inspired to outlaw the religion of the Elysian reform throughout his lands in High Rock, and began pushing into Imperial territories. The new High Chief of Skyrim, Hoag, now called Hoag Murkiller, though sharing the Emperor's official xenophobia, also joined the resistance. His heir, King Izmir Wolfhart of Atmora, helped continue the struggle upon Hoag's death in battle and also ensured his place in history. The heroic King of Skingrad, who faced the Emperor's army virtually alone and triggered its end, justly deserves his sobriquet of Rislav the Righteous.